Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. He is Herb Tyler. I'm Dick Bellamy. Count you down to LSU and Texas yes, A&M. Coming up after our first break, Brian, Brian Lazar, senior writer at TigerBait.com. He'll give us his breakdown of LSU and the Aggies. And we will have Ben Baby at the Dallas Morning News who covers A&M football. Is this the last game uh, that Kevin Sumlin coaches? with Texas A&M. That is uh, on the horizon night. We'll talk to Ben Bain and get his take on that. And, uh, you know, who would be the heir apparent? If you don't have your guy, then who? You know, it's getting to where now you're not only, hey, let's face it, you can have the best facilities and so forth, but also people kind of look at, you know, what the coach did, what his track record was, and, you know, uh, what makes me mm-hmm. different? What makes me different? Mm-hmm. What if I win? You know, if I go 11 and 2, 11 and 2, and then I uh, happen to win eight games, nine games here and there, and I don't have good Novembers down the stretch or something, there, what makes me different than that guy there? What makes me believe that you're going to have more patience with me? It always comes down to winning, but you are going up against some top tier programs. Want some that have uh, uh, more tradition than you, as tr- much tradition than you, maybe some not as just in your own conference, in your own division, if A&M is to part ways with Kevin Sumner this evening, they would be going up against Arkansas. They'll be going up against the University of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And on the east side, you're talking about the University of Tennessee and the University of Florida. Those are some big-time prominent programs. Talking about 100,000-seat stadiums on yep. a couple. And uh, Ole Miss has become very attractive in what they have done. Uh, and it's more attractive, put it to you this way, it is a more attractive job after Hugh Freeze than it was before Hugh Freeze. It was. I, I do believe that. Just like I think, Herb, that uh, when Coach Saban came to uh, LSU, mm-hmm. L- LSU was more of an attractive job for him than it was for Jerry Gennardo because mm-hmm. of where the program was at a point in time. And Coach Gennardo did a good job of recruiting. And, you know, had 10-win season, as you were a part of, that went to the Peach Bowl and won. And uh, it was just further along in, in many stages. I think Ole Miss is like that now. Now, what happens with their sanctions and so forth, that's going to be the telltale sign. That's really, we talked about this yesterday, yeah, that's that, really hurting them and holding them up. Because, I mean, there's nobody, I don't think, unless you just get that guy that's like, I don't care what you have levied on you, I'm in. And if you find right. that guy, hey, go, go for it. With him. But I don't think there's going to be many people, Herb, that are going to come in and, like, uh, Agree to something without knowing what's on the books. What kind of, what kind of, uh, I guess you'd say penalties. What kind of uh, punishment is handed down without them knowing? I would think a coach would want to know that. Absolutely, they should. They, I mean, why is it taking so long for the NCAA to say anything? Is it that much information that they're sifting through? Um, you know, how many more people are they investigating? I mean, all these different things come into play. But what it does, though, ultimately, Ole Miss is sitting there, you know, stunning. You know, they don't, they can't move at all. They're, yeah. at a, they're in a position where they don't know what to do because they don't know if they're going to even have half of the team next year because if they get the sanctions to where they're on probation or whatnot, uh, you know, for three or four years, then those kids can transfer right away. Right. So right now and play wherever they want to play. So, th- you know, these are things that they don't know. So 
which I hope the NCAA doesn't do that. I hope the NCAA just gives them one year of whatever, blah, blah, blah. Get these. Because you know what? It, it hurts the kids ultimately in the, in the long yes, run. You know what I mean? And it hurts the people who want to go to Ole Miss who are in high school right now, maybe your, your sophomores and juniors in high school that really want to be a part of the Ole Miss program coming up in the next few years. And they're unsure of what's going to happen. Um, you know, they, they, they may be those guys who really want to be a part of that program. So I don't know, but I can tell you with Kevin Sumlin, in my opinion, I think that he's one of the better co- uh, coaches in college football in the SEC. I think he deserves at least another one to two years to try to right this ship. Um, not sure what, like I said earlier, what happened, you know, on the behind the scenes of what's going on, why so many kids were, were transferring or, or, you know, having some legal issues and things of that nature up there. But um, maybe that's a part of why – they're getting rid of him or, 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 or contemplating getting rid of him and not giving him that opportunity to play the next couple, two, three years or whatnot. Maybe that's something we don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe some stuff may come out at the end of the day, um, you know, after LSU beats them tonight. That's <laughs> so, right. So, you know what I mean? And uh, I guess that's a little prelude to how I feel about the game coming up tonight. Yes. But, I um, would. Uh, I, we'll see. I'm, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. You know, I, I don't think anyone is, man. <laughs> I'm not ever going against my boys. He's not ever going against no, his Tigers. No, man, I can't do it. I mean, it, you know, it would have to be Superman, Batman, uh, the Flash, and everybody else on the other side of the field in order for me to at least think about LSU winning by one point. I heard point. that. that about you know what sums, I mean? <laughs> that about sums it up. Speaking so, of summing it up, we have some that are final and some that are just getting started. Let's get you caught up on our first 3 o'clock look at college football scores. Starting off in the top 25, right now on the plane to Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn. Karen Johnson gets a two-yard uh, run. Uh, Auburn has the ball again, and they're already up 7-0 to over the Alabama Crimson mm-hmm. Tide. Also, we get some music going. Also, number five, Wisconsin, 7-0 to over Minnesota. That's early in the second quarter. Late in the first, number 10, Penn State, 7, Maryland, 0. Boise State and Fresno State are locked, knocked up at 7 apiece late in the first. Uh, 5-21 left in the first, Oklahoma leads uh, West Virginia 14-3. Baker Mayfield didn't play out, didn't stay out the game long. He didn't start the game. That was his punishment. 2-2, <laughs> 19 yards and a touchdown already for the one of the Heisman favorites. Northwestern and Illinois just underway, 22nd-ranked Wildcats trying to enhance their Big Ten status. Number seven, Georgia, will go into the SEC Championship next week with a lot to play for. If they win that one, they should get into the playoffs. They take care of Georgia Tech today, 38-7. Ohio State, slim, but they do keep their hopes alive. They take care of Michigan today at the Big House in Ann Arbor, ninth-ranked Ohio State, 31, Michigan, 20. Oklahoma State, 58-17. to The 19th-ranked Cowboys take mm. care of Kansas. Memphis, next up for them, will be undefeated. Central Florida. They take care of business today, 70 to 13 over East Carolina. Once beaten, Memphis uh, this season, 7 and 1 in American play. They'll take on Central Florida. Michigan State is at Rutgers. That's coming up in uh, just a few moments. Clemson in South Carolina. That plays at 6 30 p.m. tonight in Williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia. Uh, Texas A&M will be here in Baton Rouge, a 6.33 kickoff to take on LSU. Number eight, Notre Dame is at number 21, Stanford, where Bryce Love can certainly enhance his Heisman status. He goes into the game, 16 touchdowns, 1,723 yards on 195 carries. It's a coming out party for Jay Tyler tonight. Yes, so Jay you know. Tyler coming out party tonight <laughs> for the younger Herb Tyler. Washington State and Washington, the Apple Cup tonight. That one's out in Seattle. The Huskies and the Cougars, both 6-2 in Pac-12 play. Early over the weekend, it was Ole Miss over Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl, 31-28. Yesterday, 45-43. It was Missouri over 
Arkansas. Brett Bielema was fired as he was walking off the field. Pittsburgh stunned Miami yesterday 24-14 to hurt the Canes' chances at a playoff. TCU all over Baylor 45-22. Yesterday was Central Florida beating South Florida 49-42, where both coaches could not be in those places next year. Scott Frost is a hot name from Central Florida. Charlie mm-hmm. Strong, a hot name from South Florida. Yes, and Virginia Tech takes care of Virginia in the Commonwealth Trophy Bowl with the Governor's Cup 10-0. We'll take a timeout and come back. Senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar, will be with us to give us his take on LSU and Texas A&M. Along with her Tyler, I'm Deke Bellavia. On the home of the LSU Fighting Tigers, this is WWL. And welcome back. Getting closer to joining the LSU Sports Network. We're joining them at 430 as the Tigers take on Texas A&M this evening right here on Tiger Radio WWL. 504-260-1870 is the number to get involved. You can also text us at 870-870, keeping an eye on the Iron Bowl. And uh, start of the second quarter, it is uh, Auburn on top of Alabama 7-2-0 here. We refreshed the scoreboard there. Yes, and Alabama does have the football now uh, at their own nine-yard line. So mm-hmm. Auburn must have just uh, turned the ball over opponent. Senior writer at TigerBait.com at BLDoor on Twitter. That's B-L-D-O-R-E. Brian Lazar joined us now. Brian, uh, four vacancies now in the Southeastern Conference that we know of for sure. Two in the West, Mississippi and Arkansas. Two in the East, Florida and Tennessee. Uh, the one hanging in the balance uh, deals with the head coach here tonight and uh, Texas A&M and Kevin Sumlin. Uh, you talked about this earlier in the week, Brian, and you broke it down for me on Tuesday, talking about how here you are two years later from the LSU night and what was going to happen. Would Les Miles be retained? Is Jimbo Fisher coming? And then, you know, a few seconds before he meets with the media, Coach Miles is told that you're going to be here. Now it seems like A&M has something going on their side involving the same coach, Jimbo Fisher. Is that uh, accurate, or they still is that still floating around out there? And, and does can can Kevin Sumlin do anything to retain his job? Well, you know, the only name that you hear mentioned is Jimbo Fisher, and uh, you know, can Sumlin do anything? You know, it doesn't it, it doesn't seem like he can. It really doesn't seem like that he can do anything. So uh, uh, it sounds like that uh, you know, win or lose tonight. Uh, someone will be out as, as the A&M coach. Now, here's the thing. If Jimbo Fisher doesn't take the job or accept the job, I don't know who else is in the running at this time. I don't know who else A&M's interested in. So uh, if, if Fisher says no, does that mean someone sticks around if he gets a win tonight? I don't know. Brian, with that said, you know, four vacancies, prominent schools, uh, you know, Florida and Tennessee are huge, Arkansas and Mississippi, and uh, let's say A&M becomes available. Is it, I mean, if you don't have, quote-unquote, your guy, it, it almost seems like, you know, Nebraska's opened up. Chip Kelly was a hot name. He's already gone. He, he goes to UCLA. He pretty much could have went where he wanted. Doesn't it become a, a, a question of, okay, well, who are you going to get? I mean, who who's out there? And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are some names, but it's almost like, you know, you go past the last couple of years, who's been hired, some young and up-and-comings. Head coaches that are already at places doesn't really seem like they're going to move unless there's, you know, maybe that new lease on life. I guess my point is, if you know, it's if you don't think you can get better, then are you really getting better by dismissing the current coach that you have? Well, I, look, you need to have an idea about who you can hire, but – Fan bases don't think that way. 
Yeah. Fan bases think head coaches grow on trees and that if one guy doesn't work, we'll just fire him, and they also think they can get anybody. I'm sure – look, uh, there's probably a large part, uh, part of the Tennessee fan base that think, still thinks John Gruden's going to go there. I'm sure there was a, a large number of Florida fans that thought Chip Kelly was going to go there. The point is it's very difficult – to get a successful Power Five conference coach to move from one power conference school to another, so you're in all probability you're going to go after somebody who's, uh, you know, who's had some success in a mid-major school. So uh, and that's why you hear the name of Scott Frost in Central Florida a lot right now. You hear Mike Norvell at Memphis, his name uh, a lot right now. You hear Chad Morris at SMU, his name a lot, because that's what you. That's what you're going to do. You're going to go to the to the group of five schools, look at the coaches who have had success there, and that's who you, the what the direction you're probably going to have to go. Brian, to stay in that same lane, why is it that Jimbo Fisher's name always comes up in any SEC, pretty much um, coaching hiring talk? And if if this is the only guy that Texas A&M is is actually going after, why is it Jimbo Fisher? Well. It's Jimbo Fisher because Scott Woodward, the AD at uh, Texas A&M, was in the LSU administration under uh, Mark Emmert when uh, Jimbo was an assistant under Nick Saban. So they Mm -hmm. developed a very strong personal relationship at that time. So that's that's the only reason why Jimbo, I think his name is uh, mentioned in Texas A&M and why the Aggies are going after him because of that relationship between Woodward and Fisher. Uh, right. You know, you look at the other school that was mentioned at, you know, two years ago, he's been mentioned LSU, and again, I think it's because there was a connection. He, he had been an assistant here uh, under uh-huh. Nick Saban. So, and, and look, if for some reason Gus Malzahn would jump Auburn and go to uh, Arkansas, you're going to hear Jimbo Fisher's name mentioned at, at Auburn because he was an assistant at Auburn, uh, you know, before he, he came to LSU. So uh-huh. I think what you're talking about is the schools that you're hearing Jimbo Fisher's name mentioned are all schools that he has some connection with, either with the school or with somebody at the school. So, Brian, what, what we're saying is right now there could be some people that have been daily aching about Gus Malzahn, particularly when he left Baton Rouge that day after uh, LSU came back uh, from being down 20 and won that contest. Those very same people that were saying we need to go in a different direction could be worrying today that Gus Malzahn may jump ship and go to a place what I would assume is Less less pressure at Arkansas. Well, look, this is what I, this is what I really think is going to happen with Malzahn. If Auburn loses this game to Alabama today, I think that there'll be plenty of people in the Auburn fan base that say, "Well, if he wants to go to Arkansas, let him go to Arkansas." If Auburn beats Alabama today, now I think you're in the situation where Gus Malzahn's going to go to the Auburn administration and say, look, I want security. I want all this foolishness where every if I don't win a championship, then people want to fire me. I want that change. I want uh, long-term security. And if uh, I don't get that type of contract, I'm out of here. So if Auburn wins today, Malzahn, he's in the catbird seat because I think he can mm-hmm. demand a, a pr- pretty good-sized contract from Auburn, and if he doesn't get it, then he'll just say, well, okay, if you're not going to give it to me, I'll go, I'll go to uh, Arkansas. Senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar, joins us at B-L-D-O-R-E, B-L-D-O-R-E on Twitter. All right, Brian, LSU and Texas A&M, uh, how do you see this matchup tonight? Some keys to the contest. Well, uh, LSU is 
usually had success running the football against Texas A&M. Although two years ago in the game, they really didn't run it that well against them. Uh, A&M did a pretty good job against the LSU run, but last year LSU moved the ball at will. Uh, LSU has normally kept uh, Texas A&M's offense at bay, regardless of who the coordinator was, whether it's John Javis, Kevin Steele, or, or Dave Aranda. Of course, last year, you remember uh, A&M scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter against the LSU and really threw the ball well against them. So it, it looks like that LSU should be in good shape in this game, that they should be able to run the football on them. But, you know, I, I – I, it's all about the mental aspect of the game for both teams. You know, how inspired will Texas A&M's players be for their coach, Kevin Sumlin, because they certainly have heard everything. And uh, that's really going to be a big part of this game tonight. Welcome back. Counting it down to LSU and Texas A&M right here on WWL Radio. Want the latest on everything that's having news, talk, and sports, go to WWL Dot com. Right now uh, in the Iron Bowl, it is uh, Alabama still trailing Auburn 7-0 to zero in that contest. And uh, as I said, kind of taking a twist, as I didn't realize uh, how much Gus Malzahn was linked to the Arkansas job. But uh, right now, he's got to be feeling pretty good either way. He's, he's, got, a, he's well, got a job. Well, I, I heard that. But I just, I mean, I, I guess for me, for the life of me, I guess Brian kind of, you know, dived into it a little bit. Having to always have the pressure on your back to 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 win every game, and to to anytime you're not doing as well as they want you to do, you may be mentioned that you're going to be fired. That's not a good feeling at all. Right. So, I mean, you can. I mean, this is a guy who's already won a national championship. There's no way in the world, you know. I can see if he was, you know, winning six games a year or five games a year or seven games, but he's averaging nine, ten games a, a year, winning wise. But but it wasn't. It wasn't like in a stalemate-winning type of way. You know, it was always in a somewhat of an exciting way or whatever. Even when they lost, it was in an exciting way when they lost as well. So it wasn't like, you know, like you were just, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust every time and then it's over with. No, they, they had a lot of trickery and things of that nature. So they, were, they weren't losing, you know, in a, in, a, in a fashion of just pure boringness, if you right. will. You know what I mean? So they, they lost playing – really good football or, you know, and like I said, when I say they lost, they lost two, three games a year, and that's it. You lose against Alabama, you're not going to the, the, the SEC West Championship. That's everybody in the West. Alabama is the best team, one of the best teams in the country every year, top two. So, you know, until you get over that team, then, you know, you won't be, you know, doing anything uh, um, any, any better than what you're doing. Brian, LSU, Texas A&M, you talked about running the football. LSU, the last time it was here, didn't have a lot of success. Your, your thoughts on uh, how this game will, will shake out tonight and uh, LSU and Texas A&M, your prediction? I, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think that uh, Texas A&M is going to play with a lot of enthusiasm tonight. They're just going to try to support uh, someone, and I think I expect them to play hard. I think LSU is going to come out and play well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to be a, a very close game. Uh, I think LSU will hold on, and I'm calling it LSU 24, Texas A&M 20. 
Brian, uh, this this matchup tonight and moving forward, uh, you know, we we six and two be the first time in the conference since 2012. How how big of that? How how big a deal is that? Like for the program, for say like coach to say, look, this is what we've done. This hadn't been done in a while. Uh, what it means on the surface, out front, a recruiting trail. How big a deal is it? Well, look, I, I think that the fact that LSU can go six and two is big because they haven't done that in five years. Winning tonight keeps them on track to win 10 games, which they haven't done in four years. So I think that's, that's very mm-hmm. important for, mm-hmm. for any program. So it would show some progress, and uh, that's why I think it's important for LSU to close out uh, strong. So, you know, it's almost like if they would lose this game tonight, the, the good that they got for winning five of the last six games will be sort of forgotten. And, Brian, the, the Ole Miss situation, now it's uh... – you know, one thing going into the season, but it's almost like, you know, what coach, unless it's for somebody you, you're really taking a chance on, okay, we, we this is our ace in the hole, he's coming regardless if we get seven years probation. What coach would want to take on that job without knowing what type of penalties are going to be handed down? And it's like the NCAA is really, you know, they need to name a coach ASAP because they've been knowing they were going to need a new head coach since August. Well, yeah, and, and I think that whoever they're going to hire, they're going to have to go in there assuming that they're going to lose scholarships for two or three years. And that's why you're probably going to have to get somebody who's young and has the chance uh, once, once they get the opportunity to be a head coach at a Power 5 conference school. So uh, there'll be somebody out there that, that will be willing to take the job under the, under the situation. Because first of all, they know there's not going to be any pressure on them to begin with. And, Brian, let everybody know what kind of game features you got on the site and how they can keep up with you. www.tigerbait.com will be uh, online tonight, uh, wrap-up of the game and analysis, and we'll have the grades up tomorrow, and then it'll be a week waiting to see what bowl game LSU goes to. Brian Lazar, senior writer at tigerbait.com, at BLDOR, at B-L-D-O-R-E on Twitter. Brian, thank you so much for the time. Okay, thank you guys, Blake. All right, thanks, Brian. 2601870. You can text us at 870-870. Dave will get you up. Your thoughts about the college coaching vacancies in the Southeastern Conference. And, of course, uh, there are four now. Could be five. 504-260-1870. You can text us at 870-870. Herb, matchup tonight, LSU offense, A&M defense. Man, look, I'm going to tell you right now, like we said before, LSU's offense has got to we, – we're going to establish the run game. Um, Texas A&M, I don't think that they'll be ready for the one-two punch and Darrell Williams and, and, and Geis. I don't think we need to do anything cute. We don't need to be, you know, over um, overly fancy with our offense. We just need to go ahead on and just um, and just make sure that we can control the line of scrimmage offensively and uh, get Geis and, and Darrell Williams going, uh, can control the, the, the clock, uh, get some first downs and score some touchdowns and maybe some uh, some, some – some, some field goals here and there, but I think we'll be okay. Ben Baby of the Dallas Morning News joins us now to talk about Texas A&M that comes in. Ben, thank you so much for the time. Uh, just general question to start off. Does this game tonight have any meaning for Kevin Sumlin, win or lose, if he wins this game? You know, first off, thanks for, thanks for having me on. Uh, secondly, I don't think it does. I think, I think he's pretty much done, and I, I think that this is – going to be window dressing for him and you know if this 
if this ends up uh, becoming a game where A&M pulls off the upset, you know, I think it'll look nice on paper. Uh, but, you know, it seems like this decision's been already made, so there's really nothing left for him to do except hopefully, um, you know, make a case for him and his next job and, and show that, you know, he what he did with A&M this year, taking him to eight wins, hopefully that's something he can sell to another program looking for a coach. So, Ben, uh, if that is the case, then A&M, they must have uh, their coach in place or an idea of who they want? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, we've had multiple reports uh, or multiple people have reported that Jimbo Fisher is a guy that they're looking at. Um, you know, and it seems that there's there's a little interest from both sides. Um, you saw Florida State say we're committed to giving Jimbo everything he needs. Now, was that enough for Jimbo to stay? I don't know. You know, he may try to get out while he can, um, and, you know, and go to a place that's going to pay him a lot of money and give him everything he needs. Because uh, right now A&M is, is not happy with – you know, winning eight games a year, which is kind of ludicrous to think about because very few programs are able to do what they're able to do on a year-in, year-out basis. But it's just not enough. They want to go chase SEC championships and national championships. And if you're going to do that, you got to go hire a guy like Jimbo Fisher who, who can, who's shown that he can do that. Yeah, and, and I, mean, I guess the risk of it is is that, okay, you, that that's what's out there. That's what's floating. All your eggs are in one basket, so you shoot for the sky. Uh, if you don't land, uh, you know, get the moon, then what do you do then? Yeah. Is it kind of second choice, second fiddle? Okay, we got a coach, but this is not the guy we wanted. Yeah, that's actually we we're uh, – Buddy and I were talking about that on the way over uh, from New Orleans into Baton Rouge today. Um, you, that's the thing. I don't know who what they're going to do for plan B. Um, you would have <laughs> thought it would have been Gary Patterson out of CCU, uh, right. but they just gave him an extension. Um, so, and I think that's what he was looking for the entire time because he was kind of a under the radar candidate to take the A&M job. But I think that he's going to be locked in now for the rest of his career at TCU. So now you look at, can you get a guy? Maybe if you, if you see, if you want to go get Mike Gundy, do you want to try to get Dan Mullen? Do you try to get Justin Puente out of Virginia Tech? Really, it's going to be Jimbo or bust. I think at this point, when you look at uh, what A&M's uh, coaching situation looks like. Ben Baby of the Dallas Morning News helping us go behind enemy lines, taking a look at the Texas A&M Aggies. They come into tonight's contest seven and four, four and three in SEC play last week. They beat Ole Miss thirty-one to twenty-four. Ben, uh, this team from beginning to end, the uh, tough loss to UCLA, struggled against Nickel State, kind of righted the ship, played tough against Alabama. Where where is this team? You've seen this team all season long. Uh, have they developed into uh, you know? A ball club, is, is this what you thought they would be? Take us through the season and where they are going to this final game in the regular season. You know, I think they are exactly who we thought they were going to be. I had them pegged at 6-6 six and six in the preseason. They've, You know, right now they're, they're, they're a little better at that, 7-4. Um, I think they lose tonight to LSU, so it puts them at 7-5. So I didn't think this team was going to hit 8. I think that would be a very optimistic outlook on things. Um, A&M did a really good job of winning tough games. You know, that South Carolina game. That was, a, that was a good win for them. Uh, Florida, that wasn't an easy win. They, they needed a field goal late to win that. Arkansas was a win in overtime. You know, they've, they've come up with some gritty wins throughout the year, and I think they rebounded well from that bad loss to UCLA. But on the flip side, you know, looking back, I don't think there was ever a case where Kevin Sumlin was going to get enough wins he needed to to win because or to stay here because, I mean, you go back and look at it. If he won eight this year, you know, you put any combination of eight, together and it doesn't seem like that would have been good enough he really needed to win nine games and i don't think that was going to happen so and i think the writing was on the wall the moment the season started that that he was going to go and we were, we were everything that's happened so far this season kind of been um you know it's easy to forecast 
And then on on the LSU side of things, when you look at A&M, what they have to guard against uh, this matchup, this is the only team in the West that A&M has yet to defeat since they came into the conference. Uh, what type of matchup is this for A&M when they look at time, trying to take on an LSU team that more than likely is going to come into this contest wanting to rush the football? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a thing. Is A&M's front seven good enough right now to uh, – is their front seven good enough right now to stop Darius guys to control – uh, the line of scrimmage and be aggressive at the point of attack. Last year, A&M just had nothing left in the tank uh, at that point. So you saw that it was going to be a tough game. I mean, you go back, watch the first drive of last year's game, LSU was just whipping them around. Um, this year, I don't think that's going to happen as much. Uh, but you go back and look at Auburn was able to run the ball really well against them. Mississippi State was able to run the ball really well against them. Um, and so they've had their issues stopping the run throughout the year. Um, so we'll see. I expect LSU to just run it down their throat. And see if they see if they if they can keep doing that, and if they can, um, A&M's not going to have a shot today. Ben, baby, Ben, let everybody know how they can follow you on social media. Hey, on Twitter at Ben underscore Baby, and our main accounts at Sports DFW um, to keep up with all our content there. And of course, we're at DallasNews.com if you want to read what's going on uh, with the, the A&M coaching search that should start pretty shortly. And Ben, how nervous are, are the Cowboy fans over there in, this, in the Lone Star State? Oh, oh, they've been nervous for 20 years. Let me talk. <laughs> Someone who grew up in Dallas. Hey, they, they've been nervous since, since Super Bowl 30. It's been that thing's been a train wreck. So it's a, uh, it's uh, it's going to be rough. I think if they don't get it figured out, I think there's a lot, there's a good faction of fans that say as long as Jerry Jones is alive and still the owner, it ain't going to they're not going to win a Super Bowl. So I think that's probably that's probably a good sentiment to take. That as long as Jerry. Jerry's running the show and has his hands and things. It's not gonna. That franchise isn't gonna go anywhere. You know, Ben, there's, there's always a lot of ifs and, and buts and things. But man, that day when they both came out and they said we agree to disagree, they should have agreed to agree on something because they they should have never let Jimmy Johnson get out the building. <laughs> no, no, they, that's that's always gonna come back and bite him in the butt. Because yeah, that's uh, Jerry wanted the Jerry could Jerry and Jimmy couldn't share the spoils and so that's uh. They were they were they were uh, KD and Westbrook before uh, 20 years earlier. So that's a good one. That, that's a good good call there. Ben, baby, the Dallas News. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate the time. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Ben, baby, giving us the latest on the A and M. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. I like, I like that. that. I like yeah, that. That was a good one right there. No doubt about it. Boy, uh, Herb, I was just uh, taking a look, getting the idea. God. Oh, so close, but yet so far away. Mm-hmm. Tulane failed today, 41-38 to Southern Methodist. Uh, they outscored the uh, Mustangs 17-7 in the third. The only score in the fourth was a uh, touchdown by the Mustangs that put them ahead by three, and that's what they wound up winning as the Wave fall a game short of mm-hmm. being bowl eligible oh. down the stretch. Tough one. I like what they're, they're doing over there. Though. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. They came on a passing team. Jonathan Banks, a career high today, 314 yards passing. We'll take a timeout, come back, get you caught up with some scores and more of the breakdown from Herb Tyler. Got about another 40 minutes. And then at 430, we'll join the LSU Sports Network. LSU and Texas A&M tonight right here on WWL. And welcome back. Inching closer to joining the LSU Sports Network in about 40 minutes. Chris Blair, Doug Morrow, we have the call for you tonight inside of Death Valley where it's senior night tonight. 20 seniors will be honored prior to tonight's game, including Jonathan Rucker. We just saw Jonathan's yes, mama pass through yes, here from Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Many seniors out there. And that, that's got to be an honor, Herb, uh, being a player. And then I know in a few years you'll uh, you'll be experiencing that out at Palo Alto. Yep. But uh, for a parent to come there and have a uh, – 
young man or any sport, young woman, depending on what the sport is, and go through there and be that senior. Go through those years and put in that dedication. You get far more out of it than just whatever you accomplish uh, from a team a standpoint. Those things you carry with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, you carry all the other stuff with you as well, but that's just a sentimental um, fact of, of just where you, where you started from, not only in college, but from the moment that you, you know, can remember yeah. your parents being whatever you needed them to be for you and then to that point in time, man. It's, it's something very special. You know, you just said something. I, I didn't even think of it like that. Yeah, I will be doing that in a yeah, few years yeah, as, as a parent this time. Right. And not as a, time as a flying, huh? Oh, man, tell man. me about it. And I, I, I didn't think about I it remember, like that. I, remember, I'm a, I can remember saying Jay Tyler and, and Bussy, a connection. Mm-hmm. Newman beats such and such. And yeah, I, yeah. Calling them on a prep football roundup. I, look, I remember him just running around in his, his pampers as a baby with, with his little plastic baseball bat and his, yeah. little, bat, his little ball that he always wanted to play with. Um, you know, we started out with baseball first, and then the football came. And then basketball, a little bit of track. He never wanted to run track, but now here we are. In two more years, man, I'll be walking across that 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 field with him That's as right. a, you know senior night as a as a parent. So if you're here tonight, be sure and get in the stadium in time. It's always a special ceremony before the game. Coach O gets out there. They present the parents and the players get to say hello to their parents. As senior night tonight, twenty mm-hmm. seniors will be honored. That's awesome. Yes, congratulations to all the field at Tiger Stadium. Well, heard we talked about the LSU uh, offense against the A uh, and M defense and. Uh, a couple of years ago, LSU, uh, the ground game didn't didn't work like it wanted to. Yeah, yeah. But we have seen, though, Herb, uh, that LSU, uh, they're going to throw it, and they will throw it, and they'll throw it with some success. They will. They will. Um, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to win the game, and whatever it is, whatever it takes, you got to do it. I think that, um, you know, we have a quarterback in Danny Atlin that can do that if we need that to happen. I, I, but I don't see that being the, let's call it the initial way that we try to win this particular game. So we'll go out and try to run the ball and establish that run game. But if it comes to the point where A&M does stop us, we, we, can, we, can, we can drop back and throw the ball deep, intermediate, and also short, short passes as well as some screens. So we, we can do that. You know, Herb, ever since uh, the week after the uh, Troy game, I don't think this offensive line has not progressed. I think every oh, game man. they've taken a step forward. And we're talking about at one time four freshmen, yeah. but mostly three. Yeah. You go from something that was a, a huge question mark going into a season to where now so it's this is this is a huge don't part of the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, when people talk about mm-hmm. next year, you're talking about man, wait till these kids they got and just just a month in between now and the bowl game, another year in the weight room around. Yeah, this is going to be a we, strength. Look, we talk about who's going to run the ball behind that line, not who was going to block for the, by, the yeah, guys we got right. behind that's them. Right. So, you know, so that, that goes to show you how much we think of this offensive line moving forward and these young guys that are going to be um, some premier athletes moving forward. So, I think, look, I think I'm going to tell you right now, I think Coach O in his very first year, and this is going into his final game of the season prior to the bowl game, has done a, 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 a remarkable job not only with the, the team, um, with the kids individually, with the coaching staff, but also the people of Louisiana. I'm going to tell you right now, everything that he's said that he would attempt to try to do, yep. he's at least tried to do it, yep. you know, and he's made strides with it. And he's been as, as good of a first-year head coach that you can imagine having coming in, especially someone who has the yep. passion and the pride that he has for that the state of Louisiana. John Bell was on the playing room last week. How you like that? Huh? That's, the, that's one of the first times I think that the government's yeah. ever I heard, I heard Coach O talk about plane. that on the radio show you know? this week. Yep. You know, Coach O is like, what, number two? 
on the list of, uh, uh, I think, coaches' uh, winning percentage in their first, I think, 10, uh, 10 or 12 games yeah. with LSU yeah. as a head coach. Man, no I mean, it, about it. This man is doing a phenomenal job right now. Yep, they'll try to make it better tonight because they can get to 6-2 and two in conference play for the first time since 2012 and have a shot to keep a 10-win season alive, and that would be the first time they've reached that feat since the year after that, which was 2013. Mm -hmm. Along with Herbert Tyler, I'm Deke Bellavia. Right now in the Iron Bowl late in the first half, yeah. it is Alabama and Auburn knotted up at seven apiece. We'll come back, get a lot more to get to, including Herb's prediction on LSU and A&M. That's next right here on Tiger Radio, WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 